Welcome to Britcham Cambodia and the UK Department for International Trade's podcast series, Doing Business in Cambodia. Welcome to our podcast where we will talk about ethical clothing in Cambodia. We have here with us Hannah Guy, co-founder of Dorsu. Lovely to have you with us, Hannah. Thank you for having me. Tell us a bit more about yourself. I'm I'm Tasmanian, so I grew up by the beach. Um, life was uh, very based on outdoors activities. Um, I come from a fishing family, and so I've actually spent the majority of my adult life in Cambodia. I came out here very early in my 20s, and with a brief stint in America, I've been here ever since. So... Um, as I'm finishing up my chapter in Cambodia, I'll actually have been in and out of here for 13 years, which is which is a lot. Well, that's quite a long time. So yeah. Cambodia is your second home. It is, yeah. And um, with that, a lot of people out there are not familiar with ethical clothing. What is it and how did you get started? Um, a lot of people aren't familiar, I think, with how broad ethical clothing can be. It can fundamentally is about being more considerate from a social and environmental perspective about how our clothes are made, how we buy them, what we buy and in what levels of volume that we buy. So that can include obviously as everyday uh, consumers it would include where we're buying clothing for ourselves and our family but I think that the piece that's missed in understanding clothing is that clothing is sourced globally by by companies or schools and organizations and so looking at ethical clothing is looking at the way that we are sourcing products, not just for ourselves, but across um, company supply chains instead. And, and relevant to Cambodia, uh, looking at one of the largest industries here is clothing manufacturing. And although uh, it, issues differ between countries in the region, you, you might have um, certain social issues in Cambodia or certain environmental issues in Vietnam or certain transport issues across some industries and and obviously people are sometimes familiar with with child labor issues or familiar with chemical exposure in other countries as well so it's very very broad and i think that the easiest way to summarize what it means is being being much more considerate about the the impact that what we are buying or or in my case making what what is that that sorry what impact that is having on both um, social and environmental factors. Was it difficult to get it started in Cambodia? It really was. Um, we we were very small. I started my business with a Cambodian business partner and that's something that I've been particularly proud of. As we've gone along, we've met a lot of different people and I, I've found that it's unique for a foreigner to go into business partnership with a Cambodian. So. Um, it was actually my business partner that had the background in in garment manufacturing. She had worked in a factory uh, as a teenager, and um, she was also in her early twenties when we started this. So we were very, very young baby business starters. <laughs> but um, a, studying any kind of business uh, within a developing industry and within a developing country, it's it's been difficult. Um, we've we've benefited later from systems that are established that we we would have probably moved a lot faster if they'd been established when we first started so um it has been a lot honestly and to grow from a partnership with her out to um employing prior to covid we had more than 30 employees and three different premises so 
um, it was a it was a big journey, but um, but hard doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't worth it. That's、uh, very impressive. So you mentioned you you have three premises. Prior to COVID, we did have three premises. We have、um, still got our workshop. That's a old salt warehouse that we renovated in Compot. So it's a、uh, very industrial space, but very open and airy, and and quite a serious alternative as a garment factory here in Cambodia. Um, and at the time, we had a second retail outlet in Kampot and a retail outlet here in Phnom Penh. So initially,、um, last year when COVID first started pressing on the business, we we closed down the retail stores and we've actually just、uh, reopened a small studio here in Phnom Penh recently. So we're back to two now. And、uh, what kind of designs do you focus on? We've always made basics. We make cotton jersey basics, and our intentional design for for classic feel was always about not、um, pandering to trends, essentially, and coming back into looking at what ethical clothing means. A big part of that is looking at the way you use your clothing and how often you use your clothing, and essentially not buying certain designs around. Multiple cycles, and and so、um, years ago, when we were looking at starting the business, we we didn't necessarily. I think a lot of design companies start with a design that they they think is perhaps attractive, but for us, it was really about function and creating something that would align more with the principles we were trying to create around the values of the brand. So we decided to start with basics, given that. It were they're they're garments that are used by the majority of people, and then people can obviously build onto that and and style them their own way and build out to their own personalities. So yeah, how do you source your materials, Hannah? Our clothing's made from remnants left over from the garment manufacturing industry here. So、uh, we source fabrics on the roll.、Um, factories have when they when they're finished with their orders, they. Um, have anywhere from one roll through to hundreds of kilos of certain colours available, and that goes out into a second hand,、um, but but very well established market here. So we、um, sometimes work on designs, and then we decide what kind of fabric weight or what colours we'd like to produce something in, and we go to try and find those、um, those fabrics, or often we go in reverse, and we'll find. Really beautiful quality fabric that we'd like to work with, and we'll design according to what we've found. So we source、um, quite a large amount of fabric at one time. We、uh, once we've because we're working in basics. Once we've made、um, and understand either t-shirts and tops or dresses and pants, we can actually source fabric by weight. So we would look at. How many we're planning to produce, whether it's a client order or whether it's us planning to release a collection, we'd look at the totals that we're after and then buy in in hundreds of kilos each time, and and that occurs multiple times a month.、Um, so yeah, we we would hold on stock、uh, if we could find it, anything up to a ton of of a fabric that we like that might be sort of a hundred percent cotton white jersey, for example, would be used across our entire range. But then some of our more specialty fabrics we release on limited edition pieces, and our customers have 
come to learn that if they see a colour and they know that it's not the classic basics, black, white and navy, um, to get in and get in quick because we often make those pieces only in a few hundred garments per run. So, yeah, it's all here in Cambodia and I think that will expand. As Dosu grows, there's a lot more uh, ability to source more interesting and sustainable fabrics in smaller volumes. Um, now that's been a bit of a preventative issue for us in the past. But, um, yeah, so I think the future of Dorsu, you'll likely see a lot more uh, transparency around as you select your products online, you might select cotton jersey from Cambodia or a certain fabric that we've sourced in Europe or a certain fabric that we've partnered with a community in India and you'll be able to understand the specifics around the garment that you're looking at just for you. Um, and how about like responses that you've received so far in uh, in Cambodia globally? We've actually been operating for quite a long time. So I think that is perhaps the, the greatest change that we've seen. When we first started, we, uh, we had a very positive response, obviously, but a lot of people would visit our stores or they'd engage with us online or they'd talk to us um, with, with curiosity. But also perhaps a, a lack of understanding of, of the conventional industry and the purpose of us starting our brand. As we've grown, the industry has grown around us and um, especially more recently, it's been quite pleasantly surprising to see more Cambodians um, considering where their clothes come from and understanding the choices that they can have in buying them. Um, in general, at the moment, uh, we feel like our customers are reflecting that it's time. They clearly understand what's happening, whether they're global companies, whether they're individual consumers or whether they're some of our loyal community that have been based here in Phnom Penh and bought, bought from us the entire time. Um, I definitely feel like they're confirming that it, it is time to start considering what we're wearing and, and what we're buying and where it's coming from. So we're thrilled. We've, 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 essentially grown with the support of people wanting to buy into our values and and so the response really couldn't have been better. I think it's a very impressive achievement that you've had so far. Tell us a bit more about your team members. We are a quite a diverse team. We um, are predominantly Cambodian so uh, our factory floor, all of our sewing team, our cutting team, um, our warehousing team are all Khmer. Uh, we also have myself, obviously, and we have some people working online with us from um, Australia. And then recently we've recruited uh, our new owner is a Cambodian-American and we've also recruited an English woman. So we, we've always been quite diverse, I think, um, for, for us uh, and our team working with us is quite different to predominantly for our sewing and manufacturing team it's quite different to working in a normal garment factory so um they they're they're a really close crew they've all once they come in they tend to stay so they all know each other very well but we they're working in an environment that is much more supportive and and um much more creative and we have uh, quite importantly to us we've provided much higher than normal employment standards so our team are working um, a five-day week which is quite unique in Cambodia are, are paid um, we, we've done a lot of focus around what a living wage means in Cambodia and 
are trying to create an environment with with fair leave and maternity and paternity leave and and build what we would consider employment that allows people to to really live a much more healthy and constructive life and so the majority of our team for that means um, to be a supportive parent they're obviously very family centric and um, but we we're, we're quite proud um, of how diverse we are and and uh, Quintia and I have done have done a lot to to build a strong team in a healthy environment. So, yeah. So, Hannah, um, where can we find Dorsu? That depends on your location. So, for people who are listening here in Cambodia, we have a new studio opened in Phnom Penh where they can go in and meet the team and try on the garments. Um, we also have an online store that services global orders. So, uh, we have quite a following in Australia. Uh, but we're we're servicing orders through throughout Europe and across the US for for individuals via our online store, and then we actually have uh, a line for companies. Uh, we work with a lot of organisations, businesses, tech companies that are interested in um, measuring more of their supply chain within their their company. So we do printed T-shirts and tote bags and and merchandise for for events and things like that. So that's all available via our website, which is dorsu.org. And um, yeah, there's addresses to visit the store or the rest of the information is there. And with that, what advice do you have for aspiring designers out there? I think now that information is available, um, the capacity to to research and plan and, and run multiple iterations is... Uh, is important. I know we struggled initially. Um, we were in rural Cambodia. We didn't really know what it was like to run a small business. We didn't. We sort of self-taught a lot of things in the beginning, and obviously that's clearer for me now in hindsight. But I do think it's an easier path to establish something of your own now with access to so many cool online platforms and and so much information on the internet. Um, also, I've been really pleased to see in the more recent years, there's so much more collaboration around small businesses or design or creative arts. I don't feel like it's as conventionally competitive as what it used to be. So I think my my primary advice for designers would be to obviously enjoy the design aspect and, and retain inspiration, but remember to to dig in and put put together plans and source information because uh it's it sneaks up on you you can start something and you know it's pretty and you know it sells well and then i know with us all of a sudden we found ourselves in a situation where we we had to sort of sharpen up and really um really start to wrangle what we'd built because it was just exploding and a little bit about out of our control so i think find information and make a plan would be my primary primary advice if that's a good sound advice there you mentioned that dorsu now have a new owner and is that part of your vision and what is the future plans uh it it was always a conversation that my business partner and I had had. Um, we we had pre-COVID, we had um, strategy looking more towards expanding into Europe, and we were we were seeking investment. and And then as the pandemic came through, I think it gave us a moment to to sit down and have a look at where we were at. And I think what isn't commonly enough talked about is how exhausting setting something up running it and scaling it can be and we'd always considered um 
selling the business and being open to somebody taking it into a future chapter. At the time, I don't think it was as planned as as it ended up being. But once we started having those conversations, it, it's a hard conversation to have when you know you have a healthy business with fantastic opportunities, but you're beginning to realise that you aren't necessarily the best person to take it into its next stage. So um, I think it's important that we have more honesty around that because I know there's a dialogue in business where you start and scale and sell and a company acquires and it's all very exciting. But um, for us, we, we began to have a conversation around the potential that a new owner could bring into what we'd already built and and through looking at it with that lens we we ended up meeting that kind of person and so um we we sold the business and uh we're actually really really excited about its future and our team are excited about their future and i think for me personally um i as, as I explained, I, I haven't just been here a few years and I am really ready for a, a chapter at home in Australia. And um, so to, to leave excited that the company is going to be led into a wonderful new chapter rather than leave under some of the circumstances we know that businesses have suffered in COVID, I do feel very lucky that um, I feel like we, we all found... Uh, a solution that's a really exciting opportunity for each of us. And my business partner, Quintia, she's actually going to stay on the team. So uh, for different reasons, she also needed a minute. She has a a young child and and wanted to focus a little bit more on her family rather than sort of being consumed by the company. So um, it's exciting. I I think the future of the brand, especially in the industry with the conversations people are having during COVID about the way we have been operating at a pace that's unsustainable. And as individuals, we, we've almost been given a minute to, to reconsider what we do and the way we spend our time and how we engage with our family and what we buy is, is on that list around us being more conscious and living more intentional lifestyles. So I do think the time for Dosu to be discovered by new people is is pertinent and um, and I'm I'm really excited to to stay a part of their support crew and cheer them on from the sides. Yeah, we're excited too to see more of Dorsu in the future. And thank you, Hannah, for your time today. Wishing you all the best in your new adventure. Thank you very much for having me. Please join us for the next Doing Business in Cambodia podcast, which will be available soon. For more information on Doing Business in Cambodia please contact the British Chamber of Commerce Cambodia or the British Embassy Phnom Penh.